Hello, this is David King of singleadultministry.uk. Welcome to our author podcast. In these podcasts, we give the opportunity to an author or speaker to share an inspirational thought of their own choice and in their own words. May you be inspired and encouraged by what you hear. Hi everyone, it's Dr. Sarah J. McLeod here, and I run the Adam Me Eve Agency. This is an offline Christian personal introduction service. I also offer singlehood coaching and dating advice. Today, we are going to be talking about where the good men are. Lord, they seem to be hiding from me. Where are the good men? Well, let me just keep it nice and simple for you. The good men, drum roll please, are everywhere. They are every single where, everywhere, 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 everywhere. They ride the buses and trains we do on our way to work. They they attend churches outside our local fellowships. They uh, go go to concerts and and birthday parties. They their parents of other children that attend our children's schools. They walk the same streets we do and breathe the same air. Good men are everywhere. The issue is, hmm, our definition of a good man can be slightly or heavily influenced. By the wrong sources. Mm. That um, sometimes we have these mm, grand lists of what our future spouses should be that are not really biblically based and won't really ensure good quality marriage. Not essential for that. Okay, give me. I'll give you an example. Mm, okay, so uh, they got to be over six foot and be a cross between Idris Elba and Anthony Joshua. And then they got to, I don't know, be bilingual and volunteer at a children's home, preach like T.D. Jakes, um, own their own property, and the list goes on. And don't forget the six-pack. they got to have all these things because that is what a good man is. However, if we tear away from those preferences, those are not the actual needs or essential ingredients of a good man according to the Bible. The Bible simply talks about being a believer, born again, having an intimate relationship with Christ. If we borrow from the advice of Paul, when it talks about how we should elect deacons and bishops, someone sober can make good decisions, godly decisions, not given to wine. Their, their reputation is, is provable. Their character is, is, is intact. These are the things that really matter and the rest is negotiable. The rest is preferential, but what if God may want to give you what you need in a package you didn't expect? Maybe your good man is from a different cultural and ethnic background. Hmm. Maybe we've overlooked the prospect God has provided and called them a friend because we didn't feel the spark initially, which is completely mystical thing, by the way. I don't think it's God's role and he doesn't choose our spouses for us. 
But it is his job to provide prospects. But if we can't correctly identify a good man, we will never find them. If it's based on unrealistic expectations, no guy will ever be able, able to reach our standard. And sometimes we're judging guys too quickly, knowing that they're a work in progress. I understand the danger of marrying potentials, as in some guys will never become what we want them to be or uh, they, we have expectations that someone will change and develop. But I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about having the core essentials of being a believer, being someone that fulfills biblical criteria of a godly spouse and someone who's working to put the other ducks in the row in their life. Someone who's working towards owning their own home, working towards a better figure. It would be unfair to discount an amazing person with great compatible personalities and shared values and goals in life. And we say bye-bye to them and say they're not a good man simply because they're two inches shorter than we would like them to be. God forbid, no way. We are going to see more kingdom marriages because we are going to be correctly uh, judging and correctly uh, making decisions with an open mind based on biblical standards. I have a book that I want to share with you, and it's by Dr. Henry Cloud. He is a Christian psychologist, and he's written a book called How to Get a Date Worth Keeping. Get dated in six months or less, or your money back. Now, this book is one of the most refreshing, practical, inspiring, helpful books I've had as a Christian woman, because it talks about the fact that we have to put our faith to work. In Proverbs, it talks about the sluggard, the lazy person getting nothing, but the desires of the diligent are satisfied. When you wanted to lose weight and when you wanted to get a university degree, you didn't just sit around and pray into existence, expecting God to just drop the diploma on your lap or the fact to burn away. You had to create a plan and then you had to action it. Let's have that same mindset towards dating. Please, 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 let's be very clear that dating it's not about physical intimacy or expressing commitment to a person that you're not exclusive with. It's simply getting to know someone. It's an enjoyable experience. It will bring self-growth. You will learn about what you possibly could want in a spouse and not want in a spouse. The more that you experience different guys and that sitting down and having conversation and doing fun things is enjoyable. And there's nothing ungodly by it. Because as a Christian, we're treating everyone with the love and the respect of God. So three things that could be standing in your way to a fruitful dating experience is that number one, you're not meeting new people. You could be trapped in that triangle, home, work, church, home, church, work. That is not going to bring you into contact with many new people unless you have a job that does that. You need to get out of your normal routine. You need to not be afraid of being the plus one and going to parties um, where you don't know anyone. You may need to take a new hobby, learn a new language, start volunteering somewhere. You need to actually make the effort to meet new people. Or how are you going to come across marriage potentials? You need to take the initiative and come out of your routine. Good men are absolutely everywhere. Number two, you need to interact it is not aggressive or it's not desperate or flirtatious to say hello or to make eye contact and smile. What this says is that I'm approachable. It leads to conversation and interaction. And so interest can be developed. 
when you talk about uh, your views on the world and you show your personality, someone can see who you are and they can lead to them wanting to ask you out. You need to not be afraid of talking to guys. Be proud of who you are. Enjoy your beauty and shine. Christ in you is the hope of glory. Don't keep that little light under a bushel. Interact. And number three, you need to leave that person with information so they can act on any interest that may have developed. What good is it having that amazing conversation where your interest was sparked, but then no way to follow that up when you leave? Either a phone number, social media contact, email address. If you need to buy a cheap phone and have a separate number just for dating, do that. You may have met a few weirdos, but what if you meet the amazing guy that God has for you? It's not worth passing it up by remaining passive and isolated and stagnant. You become a more interesting person the more that you do and the more that you get out there and you interact with other people. you got to meet new people. you got to interact with them and leave them with information to act upon it. Be available, be eligible, be accessible. These are three components for getting dates. And more dates lead to more opportunities for potential marriage. That's where the good men are. They're everywhere. Bye.